Welcome to Project Alchemy, the podcast. I'm Kobe Sheehan, a high school senior in Austin, Texas. I believe a meaningful life is something that we all seek to find. To discover what this looks like, I've interviewed inspiring adults in my community, asking them to tell their story of what happened in between, meaning their transition from adolescence to adulthood. Each will reflect on the lessons they've learned, both from triumphs and failures, and ultimately attempt to share what they believe is a life well lived. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode two of Project Alchemy. Today's guest is Scott Zimmerman, really just one of the most thoughtful faculty at St. Andrews High School. And I think what's really so unique about him is that he's willing to discuss topics and subjects that most others are reluctant to and uncomfortable around. And the conversations that arise because of this are incredibly powerful. He has made a deep impact on so many students here, myself included. So I'm excited to hear what he has to share. Mr. Z, welcome to the show. Thanks, Cub. Honored to be here. Let's start with your life at age 20. What did it look like? And who were you as a person? What, what drove you? Gosh, so when I was 20 years old, uh, that would have been about my sophomore, about sophomore, junior year for me. Um, and that was a, it was a big transitional time. I was uh, playing basketball at Southwest Texas State. Uh, and then my, it, was, it was after my sophomore season uh, that I decided to uh, give up my full ride scholarship as an NCAA Division One athlete uh, and uh, work my way through school, kind of pay my way through school and um, and go another direction. So, so it's it's funny that you're asking this question uh, because that was that was one of the more transitional times in my life is is about when I was 20 to 21. So was that was that a tough decision for you? I mean, that had kind of been your life up to that point, <clears throat> playing D one athletics. Yeah, I it was um, it was my life, but I'm not necessarily sure it was my my biggest passion. I mean, it was it was something that I did because I, I enjoyed competing. I enjoyed the the camaraderie of teammates, uh, and and my experience when I was in in middle school and high school in sports. Uh, basketball in particular uh, was was tremendous. I had great mentors that uh, that poured a lot into me and and uh, and got a lot more out of me than that I knew was even inside of me. So uh, it was kind of natural to to keep following that. And um, and I think at some point for me, anyways, it was I was continuing to do it for other people and not necessarily because it was what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, it it got me, you know. Coming from my background, it, it was it was a way it was a way out of Phoenix, and, and that's what I wanted to do. Is I wanted to I wanted to get out of the state, and I wanted to experience more. And uh, I felt like my life up to that point had been you know really limited as far as that goes, and and uh, and so I wanted to get out, and, and there was no other way. And so that that really was the driving you know force behind continuing to pursue that for me. It was it would give me a chance to to go somewhere else and. Uh, and be in a new part of the country, meet new people, and have a different experience. And um, but I think ultimately it it wasn't it wasn't uh, what I really wanted to do. It was it was you know I, I felt like I was doing it more for other people. Right. Uh, and so was there a moment that you realized that, or was it kind of gradual? Um, yeah, it was. It it was. Uh, man, I haven't thought about this in a long time. It's a great question. So. Uh, about midway through the year, there, there were a couple things that happened, uh, one with uh, one of my teammates and, and another one uh, during a practice in, in a way that, that a coach had responded to a situation. And, and I realized that, um, 
that athletics wasn't what I used to think it was. That, that at that level, it was about a lot about ego, a lot about getting to the next level, a lot about um, individualism. I know they talked a lot about team, but but there was uh, there was so much about it in my experience that was that was very selfish and very ego driven. Uh, there were a lot of politics. There was a lot of um, you know. I just I felt like I was being used uh, for somebody else's gain, and there wasn't a lot being poured into me that I felt like was going to make me a better human being, you know, a better a better man. And so, um, so I, I had these kind of nagging feelings as as my sophomore year was was going on, uh, and then after the after the year was over, uh, I didn't I didn't feel you know most years I would feel real sadness that the the year was over and. Um, you know, I, some seniors would be graduating, and, and I'd lose some some friends that way. You know, uh, from the team, and 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 I'd, I'd kind of just have you just have this letdown at the end of a, a really emotional ride, like a like a season of sports. And I just didn't feel that it, it didn't. I didn't have the same connection to uh, to the sport, to my team, to my to my teammates uh, that I once did. And 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 I started, you know, really kind of going into some deep reflection on where that was coming from, why I was feeling that way. I'd never felt that way. So I spent a lot of time <clears throat> reflecting on, uh, on where that was coming from and, and why um, instead of joy, there was uh, a little bit of emptiness, a little bit of, you know, uh, you know, kind of, kind of along that. I just, I, I didn't feel the same sense of joy and pride and, and, uh, and happiness, I guess you could say it that I did at one point. And so, so I just had this. I had, I had this really awesome, and, and it was uh, it was almost like a like a real spiritual moment for me that um, I was sitting on the on this ledge. That w- there's this library in San Marcos that you can kind of pick this spot where you you could look out over the whole city. And it was it was awesome, and so I went out there and I just I was just sitting on this ledge by myself, and it was it was a beautiful night. You know, it was real clear. The stars were out, um, and I was just I, I was thinking. I was reflecting. Um, and I, and I got into, um, you know, saying some, some pretty serious prayers and, um, and it was awesome. It, it, it almost felt like there, there was a moment there where, um, I was all by myself. I couldn't hear anybody around me, but I just, I didn't feel, um, I didn't feel alone. I just, I, I felt like there was, you know, somebody, something else there. And, and in all my kind of angst and, 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 um, anxiety and, is this the right thing? And I, I, there was all this confusion, and it was really at that moment that I felt total peace. Of of this is this is exactly what I need to do. And it, as hard as it is, because for me, um, I have I have always had an issue with letting people down, and um, I think it's why people enjoyed being a teammate of mine. You know, I, I worked really hard to not let my teammates down. I worked real hard to not let my friends down. I try to be very loyal. And so the thought of not playing anymore seemed so anti that to me. And so I was having a hard time of like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm letting them down. You know, I, I, I'm a quitter. I'm, I'm the, you know, and, and at the same time realizing that um, that wasn't my heart. You know, my, my heart wasn't in it. Right. You need to do what was best for yourself. Yeah, and it was, and so that was a real struggle for me. And so I had a lot of, I had a lot of anxiety, and 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 it almost caused a, you know, a, a bit of like a, a week or two of depression where I just I, I couldn't think about anything else. It just felt like such a big moment for me, and and really it was in that moment of just of really deep silent reflection and prayer that that my heart connected with 
where it needed to go. Yeah. And it, and it was just, it was awesome. It yeah, was such you were, a, you were alone. It sounds like, but, but not lonely. That's that. Yeah, it really, that's the only way I can describe it. it. It was awesome. It was a very powerful spiritual experience for me. And, and I just knew that, that no matter what, no, no matter how hard it was going to be that I had to follow, I had to follow my heart. I had to follow what I thought was right for, for me. And, um, so that's so the next day I told my parents that that's what I was going to do. I told my family that's what I was going to do. And uh, and I went into the to the coach's office and, and met with them one on one and looked them in the eye and uh, and told them early enough that they could replace me with another scholarship. So I did everything that I thought was right and fair and good instead of dragging it out and seeing, well, maybe it'll change putting my team in a bad situation, putting my coaches in a bad situation. Uh, I tried to do it as early as I could so that. Uh, you know, they could find somebody else and, and fill my spot. And so that was, you know, that uh, that was really tough, just, just going in and, and actually doing it. Um, but again, I, I kind of stayed to what I thought my character was and, and looked him in the eye and, and was honest and open. Uh, and, and in fact, you know, although my coach was not somebody that I looked up to or felt like was a role model, um, he was he was very gracious and, and respectful in, in handling that situation. So... Um, Okay. So, you, so you quit the team and then a few years left of college. So at that point, you were looking for what exactly? Did you know? I didn't know. I just, I just knew that I wasn't on the path that, that was making me the best person that I could. And, and I knew that I needed to, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it, I, actually, I actually didn't stop. Um, so this, the season, or sorry, the, the school year went through May. So I actually finished out the year to honor my scholarship. So even though I knew I wasn't coming back, I still did workouts and still practiced with the team until, you know, until summer let out. And then, and that was a summer of, of just kind of, you know, figuring out what it was. I, I tried, I, I did uh, some different jobs, you know, to see what I would like to see if, if business was for me or to see, you know, what, what part of business might be, you know, I might be interested in. I had no idea. Um, and so I just I was I was just kind of piecing it together, trying to figure out you know what it was that, that I wanted to do, um, and then I came back to, to school the next year, and um, and kind of realized after talking to to a couple of my really good mentors who had stayed with me, there were a lot of people that actually it almost felt like I got disowned, you know, like people jumped off the bandwagon when when I decided to do that. And, um, but I wow, so maybe you realize that those people weren't really great mentors. It was, it was hard. Anyway. It, it really was hard. It, and, and in fact, uh, you know, my, my junior year, it actually led to a bit of a depression in my life because, um, I really didn't feel the support that I had my whole life. Um, and kind of being on my own and, and, um, going in my own direction, uh, was a real, it was a real different feeling for me. And, um, and so I try, and so I, but I, I had one mentor in particular who was uh, my freshman basketball coach when I was in ninth grade, and he was he was in, I think he was maybe seventy in his seventies, you know, and it, it, it was one of his last years coaching, and he was just this wise, you know, caring, really wonderful man, um, and and he he wrote me handwritten notes when I was in college, so he would he would you know write out a note and send it in the mail, uh, just checking in with me, and he was always encouraging me to go into education. He said, he had always seen it because I, I had done camps and I had done things when I was in high school uh, that was giving back to young kids and, and he always saw a real joy uh, for me when I was you know either coaching or teaching. And uh, so he was always trying to pull me into, you know, be a camp counselor, be this. And, and so he was always trying to get me around kids and he would keep encouraging me. And, and so when I saw him in the summer and we were talking, 
he said, well, how are you going to continue to do that? And it just got me thinking, you know. And um, and so that's what I, I started. I actually started at a, it was a, a, a teenage, it was for adolescents, uh, but it was a like a treatment center for kids who had been court ordered to go to, to treatments, you know, of, it was like a, like a, a mental health facility, you know, for um, people who had, had committed a crime. And so it was like a lockdown facility for, um, you know, these, these young kids that had made poor choices and they, and they were trying to rehab them back into, and so they went to school there and, and, you know, wow, that's a, that's a pretty big first introduction. It, 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 into was, it. it was, wow. and, and it's yeah. cool that, that he was able to recognize that in you. But did you feel the same way? Did you kind of hear that and and think, yeah, maybe that is for me? Yeah, that was. I think that was the that was what I was wrestling with. Is that I think growing up, that I got all these different messages about what an adult should be. You know, the, like what you got to make a lot of money, or you got to have status or fame, or um, you know, power. Or you you got to you've got to do all these things, and um, and I just I never connected with that. It, ne- it never felt like things that I that I wanted to do. But yet I was chasing it. You know, I was chasing the the, the fame in, in athletics. You know, the attention in athletics, and um, and so unplugging from all of those things, I think that I had been told my whole life um, that just didn't feel like the truth. Um, I just started following what made what what gave me joy, and it was uh, giving back to um, giving back to people. You know, really, to, to be honest with you, it was. It was kids giving back to kids and, and teaching them the good lessons that that I learned from people who who weren't all about you know those things that, that I just told you that wasn't about fame and wasn't about you know make a bunch of money and 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 you know get a bunch of uh, you know whatever it's possessions and all it was just treat people well give back for the the, the blessings that, that you've been given um, and that's going to give you the most joy and the most satisfaction looking back on life knowing that. You've, you've given, you've served, you've, you've poured out yourself to, um, to try to help make others better in, in some way. And, um, and that's what I connected with. So that's, that's what I tried. So I got into working with kids. And so I did that. And, and it was at that time, too, that uh, the, there was a um, so my wife right now was my girlfriend at the time. And she played, she played soccer at the school. And so there was this get together with the soccer team. And one of her good friends on the soccer team was dating a guy who worked at St. Michael's uh, Academy in, in Austin. And he was the head volleyball coach. And, and, he, and he said, man, we just had our JV boys basketball coach resign. And, uh, you, you know, if you're interested, you know, I'll, I'll give you the next. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so so I thought that'd be a lot of fun, you know, because I, I had done some, some summer camps and, and helped out in the past. And so... So I actually went my junior year and met with the the head coach at St. St. Michael's. And yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's like a blend of the two things yeah, that you were looking at. It was great. So I, I did, I, I kind of had this full-time job at the, at the treatment center. Uh, so I was getting to, I was getting to work with kids and I was getting to, to understand um, some of the ways that, that they've, you know, been injured and, and, and are working through pain. It was, I mean, it was, it was a, it was a tough job to have. It was hard to see those kids. Uh, in so much pain and dealing with so much at a young age, uh, but I learned a lot about um, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about um, navigating some of those difficult relationships, and it, it helped me kind of show more patience, you know, to to younger people. And then on top of that, I was I was uh, 
you know, given the opportunity to be the, the JV basketball coach at St. Michael's, which was which was awesome. Yeah, a few good perspectives. Well, I think it's amazing that you were able to define your own idea of success pretty early on. Um, but but with that, were there still some some doubts or some worries or, or times? Because I think, like you said, everyone kind of has this on has this idea that you know we need to achieve success, which has already been defined for us mm-hmm. um, as as fame or money. Um, and so, d- have you struggled with you know people's expectations? I think conflicting I, with what your idea of success is. It's a really it's a really good question, and I and I think that it it didn't come back again into my life until I had kids, and when 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 I looked at my kids and realized I've got to provide whatever for my kids, that was when that pressure of you know now you've got to have. You know, you've got to make enough money to provide X, Y, and Z. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think that's where it's kind of come back into into play is is knowing that that I've got lives that are depending on me uh, that I that I have to provide for. Um, that's still the pull, you know. And 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 but ultimately, for me, uh, I have found something that um, that I I would do for free that I get paid to do. And and that's awesome. I mean, if, I think if anybody can find that, I think uh, I think that's pretty special. That um, I, I enjoy getting up every day and coming in and doing what I'm doing and being around the people that I'm around. Um, and although it, you know, there's a lot of um, you know, there's a lot of, of, of different frustrations in, in working with people. Uh, I just I think people are amazing, and I love I love the that every day is different because every person that you meet and every day that you meet them. They're going to be in a different spot and they're, you know. Um, yeah, it sounds like success to me. In order to get that sense, I mean, you described it pretty well, but but fulfillment or meaning, mm-hmm. I would say, is what most of us are looking for. Um, what are the times in your life or now that, that brought you fulfillment? Oh, man, I, I, there's fulfillment in what we're doing here. And in, in being able to see you as freshman Kobe, to now seeing you as senior Kobe, that is um, taking such responsibility and, and handling this process with such respect and seeing your growth just in, in four years, that is, to me, that's, that's fulfillment. And, and if, if I am a small part, just the smallest of parts in, in your great maturation as a, as a human being, as a person, as a young man, um, that to me is, that's the most fulfilling thing that, um, you know, the fact that, that we were able to meet when you were this age. Um, I mean, I want to keep, I want to keep talking to you and, and seeing how you grow until you're 80 years old. And, yeah. and, and, and you're you know, doing this for hundreds of kids. And that's, and, and that's, that is, that's the fulfillment for me is, is I, it's, it's not, it's never about the money. It's never about the, um, it's never about the one single moment. It's about the the thousands of moments that you get of of seeing your students grow, the people that you care about, that you that you pour your life into, to watching them mature and grow and learn and and give back and and just become amazing young people and then become amazing adults. And now I've got you know former players and students that have kids and their parents themselves, and just to to see and and to, to have so much pride. In the people that I've been associated with, um, that that's where that's the that's the best thing for me is to see it. There, there's no to me that that was where that's that's why I felt so blessed to just that's that was the connection to my heart. Like ultimately, when I when I gave up that other road 
it was it was to to follow my heart and that and, and my heart wanted to connect with people in that way. Um, and and looking back, I just I, I feel so fortunate to um, to have been given certain opportunities and to have doors open that allowed me uh, to to do that work and to connect with that work. Wow, that's that's pretty incredible. So let's go back to your story of you're hired as a JV basketball coach, mm-hmm. um, and you've, you've entered this period of, of unsureness and instability, I imagine, um, but but kind of like on a new path from there. Um, yeah. Did you face further struggles? Um, I, you know, if, if, I, if I answer that question honestly, when I think back to that time in my life, uh, that, you know, a Catholic teacher makes very little money. I mean, the, just the, the Catholic schools just can't afford to pay as much. So I was making barely enough to, to I mean, when, when I think back, and, and I think I calculated at one time, you know, the, the amount of hours that I worked, it was less than minimum wage is what I was making. And so in Austin, you know, you, you, it, was, it was barely, you know, I had to have a couple of roommates just to kind of afford rent and, and you know, was, I had to be really frugal. But at no point in my life did I ever feel better. I mean, I was so excited every day to get up and, and to, to do what I was doing. And, uh, and it was awesome. Like, I don't, I don't look back like it was a, a time in my life of great transition and, and, and anxiety. And I mean, I, I, I really felt like when I took that job, that's, that's exactly what I needed to do and where I needed to be. And I, I had no doubts in my mind. There was, there, it was, there was so clear that I was so excited to, to do that, that work. And, and um, I think that's pretty rare. I, I, I agree. Agree. I, I think a lot of people are going through the motions um, yeah. and, and they have a, a moment where they realize that, you know, they don't really like the path they're on. But it sounds like you had that pretty early. Well, is, but, and yeah, and, and that's and that's what, you know, my biggest encouragement. And I was fortunate to have to have adults in my life that, that walked me through that process. And that's what I love talking to young adults about is um, you've got to You've got to block out a lot of the noise that you hear to connect with your heart. And uh, there's, there's a direction and there's a calling, I think, that each of us has. But there's so much noise around it that it's a whisper amongst a, a crowd of yelling. And if you can just get away in, in some way, and for me, like I said, it was, it was that, that moment of, of really quiet reflection and prayer. I like, to, I like to get out into nature a lot and just be in the quiet where there's not a lot of distraction and connect with, with who I really am. And, and that's when you can hear the whispers of your heart that... Um, it might be totally different than what everybody else expects or what society is telling you to do. Uh, but ultimately, if, if you can just quietly get in that, that reflective uh, and, and prayerful state, yeah. you'll, you'll hear these voices of, this yeah. is where I need to be. Only, only you can know and that. And only you know that. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I love that. Because, and only you know that. And, and I think I had some really wonderful people that encouraged me to do that um, and, and saw maybe things you know, about me that, that I might be able to connect with my heart in this way. Um, and when I was able to, to have that quiet time in, in college, in particular, uh, I, I felt so, uh, I felt such purpose in what I was doing that it, it, I just I knew this is this is this is what I need to be doing right now. I was so excited wow, about it. It's amazing. Well, okay, it's been said that hope is not a strategy. So, do you agree? I mean, I understand the logic behind the statement. Right? Yeah. Um, but have there been times in your life where it's not necessarily been the strategy, but you've had to have faith? that things were going to work out? 
Yeah, that's, uh, gosh. Um, yes and no. I, I'm, I'm probably, you know, when I think about that question, I, I think to me there's there's two sides of it. That, that if, if I'm hoping in something that is um, pretty shallow, you know, that is just for my own benefit, my own um, gratification, um, if, if, it's, uh, if it's shallow, uh, then... Then I don't know if hope is a is a good thing. You know, if, if I'm if I'm hoping for that, I don't I don't know if there's going to be any you know real lasting uh, joy or satisfaction or fulfillment in, in in what you find. In in fact, I don't ever think you you can find what you're looking for in that way because you'll always want more uh, to fill a void of, of some kind. So if it's if it's hope in something that's that's greater than you that that's going to last longer than you that that is. Um, something more meaningful than, than just your life that, that if it if it keeps love and, and, and care and service and, and community going and, and if you're really giving to that I, I think hoping uh, in the best of those terms and in those ways uh, I, I think that's terrific I mean I, I, I still you know pray a lot and, and hope for wonderful things for this St. Andrews community you know and I see so much and and it's not about what I'm going to get out of it. It's about, you know, what everybody can share and what everybody can learn with the amount of love, care, and service that we give to one another. Um, if we're doing that, I, I, I can, I, that's when I really hope for, you know, better things, greater things, higher things for all of the people in, in, our, in our community. So I guess that's how I would answer it. I, I, uh, you know, I think there are times when, when yeah, I, I've, I've had to rely on hope and, and faith. In fact, I, I do that quite a bit. Um, but it's always been, it's always come up very empty if it was just about me, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. What about failure? So we've all experienced failure and, and, and it's been said that there's no such thing as failure, which I don't think is really true because it, it's there. Um, but I think we all realize that failure and struggle leads to growth, which is a good thing. But are there any failures that you look back in your life and, and actually wish that they hadn't happened? I, you know, I can't say that because, um, because it, you know, each situation that has made me who I am and, and um, I, I try not to, to live and, and think that way. You know, I, I don't want to live with regret uh, and I don't want to look back and, and say, boy, I wish it would be, you know, another way because then my whole life would be different. I, I may not have the family that I do. I may not be sitting here with you, you know, if things were different. Um, so I always want to take it in the moment, you know, the things that the blessings in my life, I want to be very grateful for those. So um, I'm a little bit more grateful for uh, failure maybe than, than most would be um, because everybody has it. And, and I think it's, it's the way, um, you know, the, the one thing that, that I, that I talk to, um, to students, player, you know, whoever it might be, you know, young people about failure is um, it, it always seems like such a, such a bad thing. It's this taboo thing that, don't ever admit that you failed. You know, I mean, it's it's like a, this this mantra in the United States that you never admit that you that you failed or you did something wrong. Um, I I am I lean more to towards being vulnerable of just being open. Like, man, I, I messed that one up, uh, and and talking to people about how you know what did I learn from it? How can I grow from it? Uh, how would I change? Um, and so the one thing that, that that I talk about a lot with you know some of the the younger people that that ask me is. Uh, if you're if you're chasing the wrong path and you're failing over and over again because you're chasing things that don't align with your heart, you know, with your character, with who you are, 
if, if, if you keep failing the same way, then yeah, I think failure is bad. And I think you have to assess why am I doing that? You know, and, and maybe failure is, is that thing that, that ultimately says, okay, I'm going to shift my direction and maybe align more with where I should be going. Uh, so failure can almost be a roadblock sometimes of like, don't go down this path because if you're doing it over and over again, maybe, you know, um, right. Maybe it's, it's there for a reason. It's there for cool. I've never heard that. And so, um, so failure can be a really good thing in in that regard that, that if, if you pay attention close enough to, to that and and it just keeps coming up over and over again, that that you can say, you know what, um, maybe I need to, maybe I need to change paths, you know, or, or take a left right here instead of keep going straight through this, you know, this big roadblock. Um, and then if, if, if you find a little bit more of, you know, that's, that it's easy going in that path, maybe that's more aligned with, with your heart and, and what you're trying to, to make with your life. Yeah. So it's, it's a stepping stone and a roadblock or a, a warning sign. Maybe. Yeah, it can be. But I also think that, that, you know, if you, if you talk about success, success can also, um, lead to a lot of, of, uh, of unhappiness as well. I mean, it, you, you get so complacent and, um, right. Success in terms of, of what society has. Exactly. What, you know, that yeah. one idea. Exactly. It, and if, and, and it's what I keep coming back to that if failure or success, if you're not, if you're not lined up with you, with your heart and really who you like when you, you know, if, and I think I asked you and your, and your, your senior classmates this, you know, a few weeks ago, if you knew you only had a week to live or a day to live and you want to look back on your life and, and think, you know, was it successful? Is it really about possessions? Is it really about the, the power that you got or the titles that you earned? It's going to be about the relationships you had. Was I able to love? Was I able to receive love? And it's going to be about um, feeling like your life mattered in some way. Did I give my life to to a cause or to a group or to something that even though physically I'm, I'm not on this, this earth anymore, there are parts of me that can still resonate and trickle down into other people because I gave so much of myself to that. And so I think, I think those are the, the two things that you look back on and, and in your last day or your last week, you're going to, you're going to want to know that you did those well. And so what is that? What, what, how does your, your heart align with that? And that should be how you define failures and success is that, am I chasing those things that, that ultimately I'm going to look back on and, and say, yeah, that was a life well lived. Yeah. And it seems like we figured it out, right? I mean, like I figured it out. Well, it seems like most of us know or have heard that it's the relationships that end up really being meaningful and yeah. not your accomplishments. Yeah. But it's still, it's so hard to get away from that idea that I need to do more and more and accomplish this and that because that's what's going to give me meaning. So, so do you have any advice to fully wrap your head around the fact that take money, for example? Yeah. Like, there have been studies that show having more money does not make you happier, but no one really believes that, right? Everyone thinks I'd be a different case, right? If only I had this. Um, and you mentioned vulnerability um, in relationships, which I think goes well together. So yeah. could you could you tie in those two? And, and I think the more vulnerable you are in your relationships, the better they become. Um, and then, you know, you might begin to realize that this is actually more important than what I'm looking for, what I'm striving to accomplish. Yeah, I, I man, those are those are great things to, to think about. And, and I guess the, the common thing when I was listening to you ask those questions, that the common thing that I come to is is our fear of, of pain. You know, when I think about vulnerability, number one, uh, there's there's the, the risk that you're putting yourself out there 
and you could get attacked and it's going to be painful that it could be embarrassing and it could be painful um, that people are not going to like you and it's going to be painful. So there's, there's that fear of, of, um, of pain. And, you know, when I think about money there, you know, that, that not having money and not having food to eat, not having money and, and not having uh, shelter, you know, I mean, there's, there's a certain comfort, I guess, that money brings, but um, an abundance of money sometimes uh, brings a little bit more pain because are people really, when I think about relationships, are, do people really like me because of me or do they like me because I can give them something or provide something for them? And so I, I think there's a loneliness sometimes with, with extreme wealth in that are these genuine, authentic relationships that I'm in or are people really just trying to take advantage of me for, for what I have? So I think there's, there, there's, there's that pain of, of, of loneliness. And, you know, although it provides a little bit of security, um, it can also have a, have a flip side and, and be, be painful and, and leave you lonely. And, and um, so, I, I, you know, when I think about both of those things, um, it's, it's, it's the ability to kind of face that pain in, in the eye and, and just say, it's worth going through it if I'm going to stick to my true self, you know. Right. And, and I like what you said about exposing yourself and, and opening yourself open to that pain. Um, but I think that's also the time when the greatest joy is able to happen. Yeah. But it's hard to do. So, yeah. so how do you find the courage to or, or assure yourself that even though this is risky, it's going to be beneficial? I, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. I, I have been... Gosh, I've been blessed with so many people in my life that have challenged me to do that from a young age. And, and I don't know if, if uh, and, and, I've, and I've always been very, very proud of this, that I, I, don't, I don't have the same fear as a lot of people have in, in those ways. Relational fear, um, I, I, I listen, I say hard things, I address hard things, I talk about sensitive things. Um, it doesn't bother me. I, I can talk about my own pain. I, I love... Uh, one of my friends refers to it as being a, a trench man, and they, they call me a trench man. That that when I am in my my deepest and most painful trenches, I look I look to my side, and and you're there. Like you just you're you're never afraid to jump into the trench, and to 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 you know really feel pain and and be in those moments with me. So I I, I love the idea of um, you know grieving with those who are grieved and celebrating with those that celebrate that you have to be in the moment with people and if you are you don't concern yourself with the fear you just do what you can to to serve them and love them and to care about them uh, in those moments and so i guess that's the best answer that, that i could that i could give to you that um some of those moments are really scary you know because you you open yourself up to things that you don't even know like, how am I going to respond? Am I going to be emotional? Am I going to cry? Am I? You have all these doubts and these questions and these uncertainties, but you just got to jump in. I mean, that's the the trench is it's rough, and there's not many people that go in there. But gosh, there's such joy and there's such the the, the friendship and the and the depth that you go to when you jump in the trenches and when you celebrate and and when you when you live life, you know, and and, and all throughout those two extremes, uh, there's just so much fulfillment in in those relationships, knowing that. Um, you've seen me at my worst and I've seen you at your worst and we're better for it. Yeah. You know, we got each other through it. There's gosh, man, there, there's, there's so much. Um, it's, it's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. So that, that would probably be the way that I would, that I would answer it, that you just have to be in that moment. You can't think ahead. You can't think behind. 
you've just got to be there and you've got to provide, you know, what, what people need. And sometimes it, it takes opening yourself up to do that. Um, but gosh, in the, in the long run, it, it just, it strengthens things so much more than it does, you know, hurts them. How do you define courage? Uh, you know, courage is, sometimes you can't define courage. You just, you know it when you see it. Um, but there was, you know, the, one of the poems that my mom used to read me that I love is, is um, The Road Less Traveled by, by Robert Frost. And, and I, think about, I think about courage being that, you know, we're so comfortable all the time following the crowd. You know, there's, there's comfort in numbers. There's comfort in the crowd. And if we all go this direction, then, then we'll all be safe, you know. But, you know, the, the, old, <laughs> the old story of... Well, yeah. If, if if everybody jumps off a cliff, you know, you'd you'd be with them. So, um, although there's safety in it, there the the courage is to to carve your own path. You know, to 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 step away from the the crowd and to, to have that bigger perspective and say, you know what, um, there's there's places that the crowd is going to go that I just don't think are are me that I don't think are right, or that I don't I don't want to go that direction. Um, and although it's kind of scary taking that first step away, uh, you're able to find different paths and, and look down different roads and say, you know what, that's that's more for me, that's more for me, that's more for me. And you just have to take one step at a time to do that. And and so I think the the courage, you know, first is is just to step away from from that. You you have to, and that's to me that's fine in your heart. I mean, I keep getting back to it, but I think you have to take that. You have to take that. Time. Yeah, it's it it takes a lot of courage to to look at your life and reflect on your life and, and connect with your heart in that way. And, and once you do, if, if you can just step back and have that perspective, um, I think taking the next steps down the other path is a little bit easier. Um, but that's to, to me, that's, that's courage is, is to, you know, to, to step away from the, the crowd, to step away from, you know, what a lot of people might be doing and, and to carve your own path and to, to do your own thing and, and do, you know, be, be unique and, and be your own person. Yeah. And I think everyone, I believe everyone <clears throat> has, everything they need already and and who they are is already inside them right they're at the point that they should be but at the same time we all do need to continue growing so how do you manage that balance i think that in 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 my life in particular so uh, so one i'll give you i'll give you a story about a uh, a college professor that i had and and i was i was trying to figure out just from a, a leadership perspective like you know, what do I want to be as a professional? What do I want to be as a, as a person? I, w- I was going through this, you know, at the tail end of college, kind of making that transition into adult life, I guess, you know, you would describe it. And, and I had a, a, a professor that was just, she was, she was awesome. Maybe I, you had heard me tell the story, I'm not sure, but um, I mean, she was a highly decorated professor. I mean, she had won awards. She was amazing. Like her class was the first one to fill up. She really was um, maybe the best professor that, that we had at, at Southwest Texas. And she taught a business communications class and she only taught two sections. And um, so it was, it was, it was very limited seating and everybody wanted to be in the class. I was fortunate enough to, to have the class with her. And so, so about midway through the midway through the semester, I'm loving the class. I, this, it was one of my, all, I mean, it, it really sparked me as a, as a, as a learner I learned so much about myself and, and gained so much confidence in, in my own writing. And she, she brought out so many things in me that I thought were, were just dead inside. And, and halfway through the semester, there was this group of, of four young guys in the, in the back. 
that were so disrespectful, that talked over her, that laughed over her, that didn't pay attention. And she was, she was very particular about her class, and, and I could tell that it, it really bothered her. And, and there, was this one, there was this one class in particular where these guys were just, they were terrible. I mean, it, it, in fact, you know, I think me and a couple other people had asked them to, to stop at some point. It was, it was such a distraction to everybody. And, um, and our professor walked out of the class. She, she just left. She couldn't do it anymore. And she walked, you know, I, I, I didn't know where she had gone, but she, she left. And, um, and I, yeah, we kind of waited for 10 or 15 minutes for her to come back. We, we didn't know what was going on. And so by the time class ended, you know, everybody had, had kind of, you know, gotten out. And I just, I just, I felt inside of me. I just, I, I, I got out a, a pencil and a paper and I, and I wrote her a note. And, and, I, and I wrote all of the things that I was grateful to her for in, in bringing it, like, that I didn't even know. I, like, I just, I, I put down on paper all of these feelings I had of, of you've done so much for me. I, just, I want you to know what you've done for me and how grateful I am for this, this spark that you've created. You know, it's almost like this, you've lit this fire in me that I didn't know was there anymore. And, and I just want you to know that what happened today and what's been happening with those, those individuals uh, means nothing about who you are as a teacher. I don't want you to listen to them. I don't want you to pay attention to them. Just know how much you continue to do that makes a difference in the lives of people. And I folded it up and I walked down and, and, I, and I put it in her, in her mailbox on her, on her office door, not knowing if she would ever come back or whatever. And so, so we had, you know, it, it, that was, it was a Tuesday, Thursday class. And so that was Thursday. So, on, you know, it was a while. So on Tuesday when, when we came back, she came back in with like this, you know, renewed vigor. And, and it, was, it was great. Like she was just back to her old self. And, um, and, and after class was over, she pulled me aside and, and, and asked me to, to stay after. I said, okay. And so she said, she said Scott, I just, I want you to know that, um, that when you dropped that note off in my mailbox in my office, I was actually in my office writing my resignation letter to the president of, of the school. And, um, and it was, and I was like, whoa, yeah, I mean, it just, I, yeah, I, mean, I, I really kind of zoned in and. She said, I, you know, I can't tell you what a difference that note made. I, I, had, I had completely lost the fact of all the other people. I was just focusing on the small group that I wasn't reaching and, and taking my eyes off the bigger perspective of the, the people that I was continuing to reach. I just want to thank you for that. I, you know, I know it might have been a small thing for you, but I just want you to know how, how big that was for me and, and how much I am thankful for that. And... Uh, I was just, I was blown away. Like, there's no way that you would, I mean, you're so good. I, I had all these questions, and, and, but I felt so honored that, that I was able to, to follow through on, on just, it was just this small thought of like, I think I need to do that. And I followed up on it. And when I was sitting there writing down all of these things that I was grateful for about her, I started thinking, I had this realization of like, that's who I want to be. You know what I mean, and so, yeah. and so it seems so simple to you. All the everything about yes. her, this amazing quality. Yes, and but it took you reminding her of that. Yes, and so, so maybe, maybe I guess circling back to, to answering your question of uh, this, the, the the growth and, and the process of it all is that, um, 
you know, I, I hope that everybody takes the time to, to look around and to, and to, to find gratitude and, and to be grateful for small things about people, about where they are, because I think that no matter where you are on your journey, if you're able to articulate, I value that, I value that, I value that, you're always going to see where, you know, when I was 20, I still valued the same thing that I do when I'm 45, when I'm 65, when I'm 85. That's, that's, the, that's truly me. You know, that's truly me. I can see when I'm 10, when I'm 20, when I'm 30, that that was the core of who I was. And at the same time, there's going to be, you know, certain things that you're like, you know what? Maybe when I was 20, I didn't appreciate this value as much as I do now. And I want to, I want to follow that a little bit more. You know, I want, I want to be that more in my life and and I want to keep growing in that direction. And so I think, I think pausing from time to time and and really showing gratitude and expressing gratitude is going to help you align more with your heart and also help you see things of, you know what, I want to grow more in that area, you know? And so maybe there's some ways that, that you really feel like, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't know much about that. But I really value that, and, and I want to I want to get to know more about that. And that might mean changing a job. That might be moving to another place. That might be doing something different in your life or trying something new. But knowing, you know, kind of having your sights on these different values um, that you're that you're grateful for, you know, that, that are really making a difference in your life. Sometimes that's the best way to to keep growing as an individual. Yeah, and I think it takes looking back on those because so often we get caught up on this is what more I need, and, and there's so many things to do and changes to be made and and I need to grow but also it's incredible to look back and realize how far we've come yeah um so I've had that experience like going into college every day I I worry like man this is going to be a huge change for me and and I don't really know what I'm getting into but then I think to four years ago as a freshman I mean it was the same thing (laughs) yeah and and I've changed drastically in the, the three and a half years um, so I think it, it sometimes takes that to realize what what changes you do want to make. Yeah. So what changes have already happened that you like and some that you don't. So you've you've spoken about several life changing events yeah. or, or moments. It sounds like have there been any books or or readings or just things that that you've heard that have kind of changed your perspective. So the I, I read a book. It, it's I you know I know a lot of people haven't heard of it. Um, I read a book when I was 25 called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, um, and it sent me on this really great uh, inward journey into into who I was and who I wanted to be, and and a lot of it was about healing. Uh, wounds in my life, uh, ways that relationally, um, my my parents, my friends, those closest to me, had had wounded me in some way, and and how that affected my relationships currently, and and it, it just it sent me on this on this great journey of going back and, and reliving some of these 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 wounds, these painful time and times in my life, and figuring out how I had lied to myself to, to, to overcome the grief or to overcome the pain and, and how those lies continue to, um, to be a disservice in my relationships. And I had to go back and I had to speak truth into, into those moments and, and realize um, 
the mistakes that I had made, the mistakes in my thinking. And, um, and it was, man, it was awesome. It, and again, it was, it was one of those, those real, I, I, I'm, you know, I am a very spiritual guy and, and it's, it's, you know, the, the book is written from a, from a Christian perspective, a perspective from, from the author. Um, but that spiritual journey that that book took me on, I was not expecting it. And, and it was, uh, it was awesome to go back and to do that work and, and to realize, um, some of these different times in my life that, that I was, I was really wounded and, and, uh, the way that I responded to that pain continued. It just continued. And, and I, I, I put a Band-Aid on it. And every time somebody would, would touch it or peel the Band-Aid away, I would respond in a way that was so bad for my relationships uh, that it just caused this, this cycle you know, of, of continued um, loneliness or pain or whatever you want to say. And, and so... It's hard to address that. And it's, it's, it was real hard. On. Yeah, it was real hard. And, um, and so, so just doing that work of, of going back and, and figuring out those big moments in my life that that um, that I created these lies and I created you know this 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 alternate perspective to try to ease some of the pain I was going through uh, and how to break that cycle of of you know relational pain that was coming up over and over again. So, anyways, that was Wild at Heart is the name of the book, and it was it was awesome. So I've had I've actually had now probably four or five of my best friends have gone through um, divorces, unfortunately. And, and that's, that's a, a book that I, I say, hey, I, I want to, you know, that's my trench man thing. I'm, I'm down, you know, kind of living it with them and, and, and listening to them and, and uh, supporting them. And, and at some point, I say, you know, this did a lot for me. Do you, do you want to read that with me? So I've read it probably now eight or nine times. And, uh, and each time it's a, it's a different thing. Uh, but some, even some of my best friends now have really connected with it and, and just and, and love that in the in the midst of that terrible relational pain that they were going through, um, they were able to speak truth and, and and stay true to their character, you know, instead of, you know, getting in the mud with all the stuff that the divorces can can cause. They were able to kind of stay above that, stay true to their character and, and speak truth into those moments. And um, so anyways, that that's. I, that was kind of a tangent, but that that was uh, that was a book that really, um, especially being you know kind of a still a, a younger adult, uh, did a lot of of really powerful things in my life. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it it seems like you've found a, a place of joy and stability in your life now, um, and by sticking to your values and what you believe in. So what advice would you give to someone in a hard place or when things are bad and and they're trying to do what they believe in, but it seems like not everything is going to work out. Yeah. Do you think it will for, for everyone in the end? I don't know if I can say that. Um, I think the, the hard part about that question, Cove, is that, you know, for me and, and who I am, I just, I, I think I could probably give some, some basic advice, uh, you know, which uh, I think we've talked about that if, if you're, if you're pursuing Great, you know, if, if you're pursuing relationships, if you're really putting a lot into, you know, um, loving people well and receiving their love without any, uh, you know, without any strings attached. I mean, if, if it's if it's a healthy give and take of care and affection and love, um, that's amazing. And if and if you're doing something with your life that you can look back on and say, 
even though I'm not here, there's still parts of me all over the place that are going to continue to live on because I served and I gave and, and committed to making the world better in this way. I think if you're chasing after those, you know, that would be my advice that, that those are probably the two most important things. And you can, you can do that in a career. You can do that in, in friendships. You, I mean, you can do that in, in a variety of ways. But while I say that, um, every, every person's different. And, and I, I have always held the belief that we shouldn't be too busy to not be present with each other. And if somebody were to come to me with that, with that question, that advice, we would have a long discussion about where are you right now? I mean, I just, I want to listen and really put myself in your shoes if I can to say, Hey, have you ever, have you ever thought about looking this direction? Have you ever noticed this about yourself? And, and so I think being able to listen and to connect with somebody at that time is probably going to mean more to them than just getting more advice. Do you get what I'm saying? And so, so while, yes, I could, I could probably say I would give this advice I can also say um, I would wait to give that advice and maybe do it in small increments, but I would connect first and make sure that they knew that they were in a trusting place, in a safe place, before we move forward with any type of decision on how they're going to change right. their life. Right. So one person that you do know then is yourself. So if you could, to end, tell your, tell your 20-year-old self around that time three things, what would they be? And that can be one of them. Yeah, I, you know, I think, you know, you, you'd kind of sent that and I was thinking about it. I, I'm so, um, I feel so grateful that I can, I can really, I can look back really. And, and there's only, a, there's only a couple things in my life that I really feel like, um, boy, you really messed up there. But for the most part, Cubs, I, I got great advice from people that I trusted and that I loved. And, um, and I'm lucky that, that I, I have, you know, 17, 18 year olds like you that I care for and love that I get to, I get to take what was poured into me and pour it out into to other people. And so, um, so I, I, I don't, I don't look back and, and think that I was doing things the wrong way at that time because I had really great people that knew me that that were already kind of outside of the group doing their own thing that I looked up to of like I that's what I want to be. I don't I don't want to follow that. I I I resonate with that. I resonate with your path. How did you get there? And they would give me great advice and they would they would talk to me about that. And and ultimately that is what and that's why I love that you're doing this project. It, it helped me at a young age connect with with my true self. And some people spend years and years and years and years never connecting and looking back and saying, gosh, I what was I doing? What was I doing? And then they're 60 or 70 years old and they finally realize I should have been doing this the whole time, you know? And so for me, I I I feel so fortunate to have been younger and gotten that advice and and been able to practice it and kind of see, yes. That does. It, it feels, that feels genuine. That feels right. I don't feel like I'm putting on a mask and being somebody that I'm not just to, to follow this route or that route. I really am lined up with, with where I need to be. And yeah, there's been some changes and there's been some tweaks to, to that road. But, um, but ultimately, you know, I, I have, I haven't, I haven't really looked back and, and said, 
boy, if, if only I knew what I knew now back then. I, I really feel fortunate to at a young age kind of feel like somebody gave me that advice and I listened to it. And, and although it was, it was tough being a young educator and not making much money and, and starting a family and, and not knowing how I could provide or would provide, um, it was always provided for me. And, and the joy that I have found in, in my, um, you know, not only in my career, but in the, the time that I've given to my family and the time that I've given to my relationships, uh, I, that's, that's fulfillment to me. And yeah. so, um, and you were able to recognize it. I like that answer. And one thing I thought of when you're saying that, like you said earlier, had these things not happened, right? You wouldn't be who you were. You might, may not have married and be have, have, have these kids and be at this school. Um, yeah, so not, not answering the question might be the best answer because things wouldn't have worked out how they did. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, thank you for sharing, Mr. Zimmerman. I really enjoyed it.